Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Building a Bridge. My name is Jesse Bizenine. My name is Jared Countess, and our mission is to empower people to use their voice to build a bridge beyond race relations, creating unity and understanding, and effectively raising the collective consciousness of humanity. Last week, we got into the presidential debate, the first presidential debate, and we talked about some of the things about why debates, the debate reflects where we are as a society, about America, the difference between, Jared brought up the difference between the right now and the someday mindset. And then today, Jared, what are we going to dive into today? Cool. Today is going to be like a nice, it's a beautiful hodgepodge, I think, of, of, of topics. Um, we'll touch a little bit on the vice presidential debate, which happened this week, um, but we're going to center things around um, the term or the idea or the concept of anti-racism and anti-racist, right? And whether or not it's the right way to bring people together. That's a little hint, <laughs> right? Whether that's the right way to, to truly correct, to correct the behaviors. Um, we're gonna talk about um, the Democrats versus Republicans, like how different people see each party like um you know what is your perception of republicans what's your perception of democrats what's real about the differences between democrats and republicans um and uh which i don't know if we'll figure that part out jesse i don't know if we'll we'll get to the truth of the difference between democrats and republicans but we're gonna try <laughs> and um and just i think lastly just kind of you know um Sorry, guys. I, I got to use big words because I don't have I don't have small ones. The dichotomy of human life, of 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 what it means to be a human being, and the contradictions that inherently go along with being a person. And then, how do we deal like when it comes to politics and friendships and relationships and building bridges? How do we deal and approach those kind of contradictions? I don't know where you want where you want to start, Jesse. You want to start with uh anti-racist yeah democrat republican why don't we start, uh, I, why don't we, I can't i don't think we can start with the contradictions because i think everything yeah leads. why don't we start with anti-racists and uh, everybody you sh i wish jared and i had been recording the last hour and 20 minutes of conversation we had it was we we went to some places that we haven't gone to before and it was really really cool and i was i was so the anti-racist thing came up because jared and i we, before we record we always meet and sometimes we talk for two hours or so before we actually record. And one of the questions I asked him is I asked him, well, I asked him several questions and this is questions to feel that everybody can chime in on too. I asked him, what is the benefit of racism? And then I asked him, is anti-racism the wrong approach? Are we going about it all wrong about being anti-racist? Should it be something more of like, acceptance or understanding or compassion. And the example I gave to him is, is the same example I'll post to all of you. I want you all to not think about what you had for breakfast this morning. Do not, whatever you do, do not think about what you had for breakfast. Do not do it. And notice that if you had breakfast this morning, you are inevitably thinking about it to some degree. Now, if you didn't have breakfast, you're probably thinking about what you might have had for breakfast had you had breakfast. 
our mind is set up in such a way, the unconscious part of our mind is set up in such a way where it's not processing negatives. It's processing things and images all the time. And we are rapidly sorting through these images. Like imagine a flip book that used to make up old cartoons we had watched. And you'd move the flip book really fast and then you'd see the image start to go. Our mind works much in the same way. My question about the anti-racism thing is it poses, this is a challenge I see with it, is if I'm telling someone to be anti-racist, what that is, is they have to picture an image then of what racist is and then put the X through it about not to be that. And the challenge with that is, is with the human mind and its fragility and delicacy that it is, at its most basic level, it is hardwired for really a couple things. Survival, which would be safety, and to be right, because we need to be right and, and accept and embrace our judgments when it comes down to a matter of our safety. We've all heard of fight or flight. Well, when we are looking at anti-racism and we are forming images of what that is, and usually, you know, it might start with some like grand image of a member of like the Ku Klux Klan in a robe doing that thing. But what we start to see is when it starts to break down is we might start to identify people we know others of political parties. The media has done a beautiful job of really making racism a mainstream, kind of a broad blanket brushstroke, I think, over different political parties or different political affiliations. And so when we're looking for, when we're looking to be anti-racist, what we're identifying is all the features of what it would mean to be racist. And then in our survival, safety, being right mind, we start identifying those. And so what I think may end up happening with it, and this is a problem, is now we're starting to identify characteristics and traits in other people that are wrong, bad, make them wrong, bad, not like us, which is okay. We want to be able to grow, but rather than being able to have conversations and discussions about why someone believes that way, and then being able to effectively build that bridge together, we're instead going to a point where we're demonizing and alienating. And it creates more and more of a division because we're just finding new metrics to say why you're not like me and I'm not like you. And why I'm on the side of right, right? Because our brain's going safety and right. And then therefore you are on the side, you are on the side of wrong. And I think this is a really dangerous place. And I think most of us will agree that in some ways it doesn't feel like we're living in for those of you i know we have international folks watching listening too but for those of you who live in the states it doesn't feel in many ways like the united states right now it feels like the divided states my curiosity is of that is i i know how much language influences our psychology our emotions and my curiosity is this, is, is using a phrase like anti-racism, just the same as don't think about your breakfast this morning, does that become challenging to really advancing what we're all probably trying to advance right now, which is how do we get to a place of greater love, acceptance, understanding, looking at while we may look a little different, 99.9% .9 of who we are is the same. And so, I, yeah, Jared, you can, I'll let you talk now. That's kind of my opening with it. So, yeah, so I, I love, I love that you brought up the, like the fight or flight. One thing that you, you mentioned when we were talking before we hopped on here was the, 
80,000 thoughts a day? Yes. Is it 80, yeah. 80,000 thoughts a day. And 70% of those are negative. Yeah. The average right? human thinks 40 to 80,000 thoughts a day. And of those 40 to 80,000 thoughts a day, between 70 and 85% of those thoughts are negative. Most of those are self-disparaging, self-directed thoughts, right? So we are failing massively at thinking well about ourselves. So we can imagine then too, from that psychology, many of the disparaging thoughts we'll think of others are not necessarily because we wanna disparage or think ill of that other person, but because we are so desperately looking for an escape from our own self-loathing. Yes. So, so it's, 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 it's advantageous, guys. I want you guys to understand, or it was for a long time for humans to recognize danger, right? And to stay as far away from danger as possible because hell, like life was dangerous, right? Like, like there were predators out there trying to get you, you know, you had your disagreements or problems within your tribe let alone the other tribe and how the hell you're going to deal with them. And then, but as, as humanity grew, as we, as our consciousness, right, expanded, right, as, as, as we elevated, right, we became, we, our social groups grew. Our ability to communicate with each other grew. Communicate and, 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 and deal with each other peacefully grew. Where there's still wars, there's still violence. Absolutely. But if you think about the number of people that were able to live and coexist cooperatively, right? Not only has they grown as the population has grown, but it has grown as human beings and consciousness has, has, has grown. Hopefully you guys are, are, are following me. Um, and, and, but we still have the brain that recognizes, that is designed to recognize danger. Right, and it's designed for safety, and so like what I like what you said about the anti-racist thing, right? Um, because it does, it denotes a problem, right? <laughs> um, specifically, it it, den- it 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 draws the boundaries of your box. If that makes any kind of sense, right? So you, we all feel safe in this little box that we live in, right? Of these are my friends and this is my neighborhood and this is my state or I live in the United States. I'm an American. Mm-hmm. This doesn't happen here. This does blah, 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 blah. And we built this little box of comfort, right? And we want to live in that box of comfort because that's what the human brain is designed to do, right? Now our box has grown. We no longer live in a tribe that, 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 that lives in, you know, uh, uh, you know, a four square mile area, <laughs> right? We live in a worldwide community that, you know, traverses, you know, all yes. over the place, right? And we travel and we see different places and all that kind of stuff. So box is much bigger now for humans than it was. But we still want to draw lines, got to have walls, got to be comfortable, <laughs> right? When we start to talk about, like, um, you know, anti-racist, right, we begin to define a wall right um we begin we begin to build a wall right and 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 goodness gracious it is one of those walls that for me is like it's a great wall recognize where you are right um and 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 see problems but when we magnify it 
and we begin building that wall from the floor, from the ground to the sky, right? Then we start to run into issues. Um, and so it's, it, it, it needs a, it needs a, I don't want to say reality check. It needs, as Jesse was talking about, it has become such a divisive force that it needs to reach the next stage in its development. That's the way I feel about it, right? It needs to reach the next stage in its development. And to do that, we all have to do hard things. So I, you know, uh, it's, it's a very difficult because obviously, guys, if you guys don't know, if you guys can't tell, like, I like, I like the thought of anti-racist, right? <laughs> I like it. I yeah. love it. Right. Um, but I also accept, or I don't accept, I expect people to have negative thoughts. I expect people to have destructive thoughts. I expect people to make generalizations. I expect all of those things, right? It's, a, it's, it's again, it's a part of humanity. It's a part of our development. You know, the, what are the benefits to racism, right? was one of the questions you asked me too, right? You know, there are benefits to making broad sweeping judgments of people. Yep. They really are because they keep you safe. I don't, if I don't have to get to know you, like not only might there be promise there, but there's definitely also some danger and a danger of the unknown there, right? And if I can just, if I can, you know, very quickly kind of decide whether or not it's more dangerous to know you than it is not, right? Then um, I can put you, I can put you in a place of unknown, and leave you over there and not venture over there and say it's non-beneficial to me and my tribe and my pack to venture into that unknown region, right? You know, the, 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 uh, the what is it, Bermuda Triangle. I'm not gonna go this Bermuda Triangle. If people, all ships that go there crash, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and, wow. and uh, the reason I bring up Bermuda Triangle is that we have always created those places in our mind, in the world. The world is flat. You're going to sail that way. You're going to fall off the edge. You're going to fall, you're going to fall off the edge, right? We've all unknown danger. Is it worth it to go into it? Most of the time, the answer is yes, right? But it takes some very brave people to go there. So, um, and they have to go there first and then they have to come back safely, tell you all about it, right? And then people go there and eventually people go there and despite the danger, they keep going back, right? Because it's it, so another, another example from people coming to America, right? First, you're going to fall off the edge of the earth. What, what are you doing, right? Oh, you found it. Okay, we're going to send more people. Uh, I think it was Jamestown in Virginia or something like that. Whole colony dead. Nobody knows what the fuck happened. But people kept coming back anyway, right? It was like, oh, okay, all right. You know that, you know, if we send those like thousand people over there and they all died. I'm like, oh, you still going next month? Yeah, I'm still going next month. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like people still, people still did that. Like, but they, they, think it's, they think it's a beautiful country. They didn't plan well. I'm going to plan much better. It'll be fine, right? <laughs> so I just had an image pop in of you being, you being a king in the 1600s, leading the leading exploration. Well, well, <laughs> this was some more out there. Check it out, though. 
<laughs> but if, but you but you yeah. know like somebody had to do it. Yeah. Somebody had to you know literally like not only was it like somebody had to figure out that it's not dangerous. Then they had to find real danger there because there always is and still go any fucking way. We're at a point now where we've talked about racism like again in this country because it's a recurring thing, right? And it's going to be reoccurring forever where it's like we've talked about it and now it's like, okay, this is the thing. Get to the other side. You got to get to the other side of it. Yeah. You have to, right? <clears throat> we've, we've talked about it and all this other kind of stuff enough. And people are there. I think the chasm is people are afraid to go to the other side of it and say to themselves a few truths, right? One, racism exists. Two, two, it's a human characteristic as real as, you know, lying to your wife, cheating, adultery, murder, right? It's, 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 you know, budget taxes, huh? Budget taxes. taxes. <laughs> well, well, taxes is kind of like a, debit. I'm trying to, so where I'm going with that is the, every sin in the Bible, I don't, I think everybody's thought about it. You've thought about choking somebody out. If you haven't, I'm, I'm sorry. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no one's ever, whatever you, you, you know, or, God, you're you're like you're like Jesus Christ, and you're the most peaceful person in the world, right? You know, um, you you've thought about cheating on someone that was that was important to you, right? You've thought about it. The thoughts crossed your mind. You've thought about sorry, guys. You've thought about um, lying, if not have lied, right? You 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 have we human beings, and we have forty to eighty thousand thoughts a day. And 70 to 85% of those thoughts are negative, right? And so all of these things will happen. The question is, are we going, and we have to acknowledge it. We have to understand that it does happen, right? But we have to move fucking past it. We have to make it both unacceptable and this is not good and this is not cool. But we got to evolve to the point where we know that it's real, right? And that our goal is to change the behaviors that support it, that back it, but not necessarily ever think that we can remove the thought. Yes. And once you can, and and, and so I think that people, some people who are anti-racist, their quest is to remove the thought from all of humanity. And it's not going to happen that fast. It's just not. And it may, from all of humanity, it'll probably never happen because people are born on a spectrum and some people despise what they don't know. And it's not, I think too, Jared, it's not going, you're not going to remove the thoughts by alienating and demonizing others for having the thoughts. Right. Yeah. And that's the big thing with where it comes into this idea that I, the question I posed to Jared was, what is there a benefit? What is the benefit of racism? And we all agree that racism is bad. And we also can acknowledge that it is an emotional hot button that probably faster than just about anything I can think of will solidify a divide which divides can have tremendous benefit for political aspiration, political agendas, media, 
narratives, media agendas, mm -hmm. which feeds into two biggest businesses are fear and mediocrity. How are we supposed to grow together if we are demonizing people for thinking differently than us? And so while we may call them racist, how are we not being discriminatory towards them? Discriminating them because they haven't had the life experiences, the educational opportunities, et cetera, that we have to be able to elevate and evolve our thinking, right? Thoughts are not, you know, for most of, most of us, we don't recognize that we have power and control over our thoughts. And it takes a hell of a lot of work to be able to discipline, begin to discipline your mind to do it. My world professionally is in psychology and emotions. And I struggle with my own inner monologue every day. I struggle with, I have to work at it the same as I have to work any sort of muscle on my body to try to make it stronger or improve it. Behaviors and thoughts are separate. Most people will think thoughts about other people, whether it's a thought of racism, it's a thought of judgment, it's a thought of whatever category we put it in. <clears throat> and then we have choice of whether we choose to act on those thoughts and turn them into behaviors. The challenge I think right now is, is many of us are getting in the habits of demonizing and alienating one another because of thoughts they have. And we're not seeing beyond the thoughts. We're not seeing beyond our own discriminatory judgment of another human being because they're thinking differently. And if we're not doing that, we are not building bridges. We're doing exactly what Jared said. We're building walls and we're making them from the ground up and we're sending it up to the heavens to make it seem like we're in this omnipotent side of right. But how can we be right if we're rising above everybody else? Doesn't that make us more righteous? Because now we're, we're, on, a, we, we're on a platform. We are. We're standing on those walls as we build yeah, them. You're right. Yeah. We're getting <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just came up with that right on the fly, too. Did you like that? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and so this is where it's it, – I was sharing with Jared before. I didn't watch the vice president the presidential debate the, on the other in the evening. But what I did do is I hopped on Facebook right afterwards. And I was just curious. And I started doing a scroll of what responses were. And several people who I love and respect as human beings, awesome, awesome human beings. Both of them are just some of the most kind, caring, compassionate, nurturing people you ever have. The kind of people that if you showed up at their house would make sure that you were fed, watered, clothed, more food than you would need. Oh yeah, sleep in, whatever you need, would give you the shirt off their back kind of people. And what was utterly fascinating is in my timeline, these folks were showing up almost one right after the other. They weren't saying, they weren't talking about what their respective chosen side did well and how it really got them fired up to support them more. What each of them were doing was talking about what the opposition, a character flaw about the opposition that made them bad, wrong, or different than them. Yes. And it's utterly fascinating to see this because we see this playing out more about not so much why we should choose this, but more so why we shouldn't choose that. I was at the gym a couple of days ago and I saw um, there was a political ad that came across and it essentially effectively said, if you're tired of what's been going on, if you don't, or, you know, if you don't want more of the same vote Democrat in November. An hour later, I'm driving on the freeway. I look over and there's a billboard. If you don't want more of the same, vote Republican in November. And I thought, huh, 
how curious is that? Because we're no longer having to actually prove what the respective sides stand for. All we have to do now is vote for what we believe the other sides don't stand for, or they stand against. Scary, scary place, in my opinion, because now we're getting out of really elevating consciousness, which is the capacity of humanity and why we are where we are right now. Jared made a point earlier talking about the growth and how our tribes expanded. If you really think about this for human history, for the first thousands of years of humans existence, most of us were confined to these small little spaces. And then we, we had boats and ships and even in boats and ships, we'd have months of travel unknown. And then we start to get, we, when we get mailings and we have trains and horse-drawn carriages and stuff, we could write letters. And even though a letter across country could take weeks, months. And then in the 1900s, we have airplanes and all of a sudden it starts to open up the whole world. But even then for most of us, we're still confined to the same geographic area, our same tribe, the same familiarity we've had. In psychology, there's a, a law of proximity, right? And it's that we're going to be friends with, we're going to mate with the people who are usually in close proximity to us. But now with the internet and the, the availability of information, all that's changed. This, Jared and I live 600 plus miles apart, but this is our normal that we can communicate in high definition with one another from this type of way. So we have this whole world at our disposal and so we're able to see these things so differently. And if we are at our basic level in making decisions about government, about society, going off of a safety, what's right, brain place, I think that we are going back to such a primal place that that is not the bridge building, that's the wall constructing, which is what we used to do hundreds of years ago when we had to fear a warring tribe coming and raiding our village. That was, I want, I'm going to reiterate what he said because I hope you guys got that. It was super profound, right? So obviously it was important it would be imperative if you were a tribe to me, right? To build a wall, right? Your tribe, I don't like, I don't even know those guys over there. I'll just build a wall, protect myself. Yeah. And they can come knock on the gate, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and even when they knock on the gate, I'm going to answer. <laughs> I got bows, arrows, I got axes, whatever boiling. Hey, yeah, yeah. how you doing? <laughs> I don't like them. What do you want? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh apple. you got apples. Okay. All right. We got enough apples. What else you got? Yeah. <laughs> Where'd you get those apples from? I got an orchard out. This not orchard's not in the wall. Where'd you get? Okay. Anyway. But okay. But I'm just I'm just keeping it real, right? That would be the level of communication, right? But um, but uh, it is it as we expanded, as we opened up, and now we have the internet and we can communicate. If we're looking for differences to build new walls, we have the ability to build walls faster than we've ever built them at any other time in history. And I think that's what you see going on right now, mm -hmm. right? You have it, you see like somebody has an emotional response to something and they blast that emotional response out to the world and it causes another emotional response from somebody else. They don't ask them any questions about why they felt that way or how they got there or what happened and they fucking erect a wall. I read that wall, right? Just like you said earlier, before we got on, you said you, after you watched it, you could 
open your Facebook and you could read one person make this statement about what they saw. And it was obviously, you know, denoting all the problems they had with what one person said, not mentioning the good things that the other person said or either person, right? Yeah. And then you see two steps later in the same screen, someone else doing the exact opposite in support of the exact and the other person, right? Listen all the negatives of this person. One person listen all negative to this person, one person listen all negative to that person. And we can do that all day long because every fucking human on the planet has negative traits. Every one. Every human on the planet has negative traits. Every one of us. And so if all I want to do is look at the negativity in each every in each and every other person, and I don't try to see any good in them or any ways in which I can communicate with them or any ways in which I can feel safe around them, right? Then I'm I'm all I'm doing is going out in the world and building walls. Yes. And if and, I and, and, and people are and that was that was why I asked the Democrat Republican question too, right? Because people are building walls around that. And they're pushing people out of their space who they once considered safe. They once considered, and, and I'm going to use terms like safety now. From now on, I like, like you say, like the 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 biggest businesses are fear and mediocrity, right? So we we do a lot of things to feel safe and feel better, and to uh, confirm our own belief systems. I don't forget what they call that, right? When you're um, you know, you're confirming your own biases or whatever, mm -hmm. confirmation bias, right? But we do a lot of things for that. And so we've gotten to a point now where we, we, we can have all of these agreements. Like, I swear, like, if you're friends with somebody, don't get me wrong. Do I have, do I have friends that I'm no, people I'm no longer friends with, right? Because of certain character flaws on both ends. Absolutely. Right? Well, but certain things I didn't. And at the end of the day, I decided I didn't want that in my life, right? And yeah. so we're no longer friends. Absolutely. Um, but what I couldn't imagine is Democrat or Republican ever becoming those things. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine it. I couldn't because it's, it's to me, personally this is a personal that is not for the most part that's that for that even for the most part that is not a threat to me or my family it's just it's it's not a threat to me or my family i could expand it the thought and the concept to make it a threat to me and my family right i could i could put all of this i could put all of this stuff into what i define as a democrat or all of this stuff into what i define as a republican and I can make it a danger to me, right? But I know too many people on each side to ever do that. And the second I do it, I am becoming irrational in my personal opinion. And that's my personal opinion. That's why I asked the question. If, if, you, guys, if you guys did answer the question, and I'm sorry if it offends you, but that's, but that's what I, I, I believe. I'm like, when, if I fully ascribe all of these characteristics that I hate to a group, right, based on the name of that group, right, without even asking the individuals that are members of that group what they think, feel, or believe, believe right, 
then I am I'm acting irrationally. I'm 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 acting irrationally and I think I'm making a huge mistake. And 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 I'll and I'll get, I'm just gonna tell you why it's the biggest a big mistake to make in America today. Because 45% of Americans are one thing and 45% of Americans are the fucking other thing. So no matter which side you pick, you're just saying you disagree with half of America entirely. And half of America is absolutely wrong. Absolutely, without a doubt, unequivocally wrong. And... How can you believe that? <laughs> that's, what, that's, what, that's my question. My question is, how can you believe? And this is the greatest country on the planet that half the people in it have it 100% wrong and the other half of the people have it 100% right. Like, that, that's just like, that's it, asinine to me. And it's like, no way, no way is that absolutely true. What's probably more true is I have pieces wrong. <laughs> and yeah. I have something to learn from each group, from each side, from every person, right? And 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 that's and that's what I'm, that's what I'm learning in the group. That's why I got on here and I told you I learned I learned from your racism question and I, and I asked the question of why what do people think about Democrats and Republicans? Because I'm learning because I want to understand what it is that people see that's so different about their neighbor. And make no mistake, it's your neighbor. Yes. Yes. It's your neighbor. Yes. And, and they do live in the same country that you. They drink the same water that you drink. They 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 go to the same store. They kids play on the same basketball team, soccer team, football team, whatever, right? It, it's it's you're all we're all benefiting from the same system. And we're all living in the same system. And and even if our experiences are different, they're not so different that everything we believe in value is different. It's just not. You can't you can't live in the United States of America and have everything you believe in value be completely different from the person that lives in the same fucking country as you. It's just not possible. It's just not possible. You you know, we're not on the it's not the moon, it's not Mars versus Earth. It's the United States of America. So you have a lot of the same shit and see a lot of the same shit. And and to believe that, you know, that you're you're polar opposites. Like hundred percent. That's just it's just it's trippy to me. That, and, 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 I, and, I, and I think that's that's where you ask the question about the racist thing, like yeah. because it's like that that builds a hard fucking big wall, right? And um, or it can <laughs> it can and people on both sides need to get on the opposite side of it. They need to they need to they need to accept some truths and. <clears throat> Okay, anyway. I don't don't want to get too much into political conspiracy, but I'll just throw this out there. In psychology, there's a principle called anchoring. And the idea of anchoring is is that we can attribute an emotional response to a certain stimulus that we can replicate. The most famous examples of this are Pavlovian conditioning, where Ivan Pavlov was a preeminent psychologist who recognized that with with a dog, every time he would ring a bell, and the dog started to learn that when he'd ring a bell, food would come out, the dog would be in the salivate. So he got curious, was the dog salivating because of the food or is the dog salivating because of the stimulus that was gonna to lead to the food? So after enough time, Pavlov removed the food, rang the bell, but the dog would still salivate. 
we all have this in many degrees in our lives where there's a certain song that we remember and it was the first time that we made love to our sweetie. You know, it was a time that we had a really great event, something like this, uh, a movie that we watched that attributes positive emotions. We have emotional anchors affixed to us constantly. Well, we can use that for the power of forces of good, for the power of forces of evil. And when we start to use certain terms to attribute to an entire group of folks, we are creating a certain emotional anchor, which goes back yeah. to this whole concept with, with President Trump, whether you like him or dislike him. My observation is one of the things the media has done supremely brilliantly well is they have constantly attributed, reattributed Trump and having some sort of anchor with him being racist or whatnot. And he's definitely has done himself no favors, but what that's done, I think is it's fueled a narrative now where it does become 45% this 45% this you're on the side of good versus evil, right versus wrong, so on and so forth. And we're not actually getting down to understanding why do you believe what you believe? We're using it this lowest common denominator, which is this broad generalization that if you're on this side, you're racist or you're anti-racist, you know, and that's not necessarily the truth or I'm just using this as an example. I think if we're actually drilled down to the core of humanity, you'd see that everyone on either side, they are probably human beings that are wanting again, the best for their families, their communities. They want to see their children's lives made better. They're wanting to have an opportunity to live their life as decently as they can. And they just so happen to have a certain set of belief systems that for most has nothing to do with racism that they think is going to enable them to do that. And because they're part of a tribe, part of a community, and because their tribe and community believes what they believe, it's not even so much that they necessarily believe all the values of their chosen party. It's that they believe in the camaraderie they get from their friends and family members who also are of the chosen party. And that's why we see these things, I think, play out where most of us, well, I shouldn't say most of us, that's a broad generalization. For many of the people that we observe in our lives, they're no longer talking about why they want to vote for someone. They're talking about why they can't stand the other person, right? And then there's tribe and community formed in that. And maybe we don't even know exactly what the other people fully represent, what their policies are, all those types of things. Mm -hmm. You can't. Yeah. You don't. You don't. And that's, and that's, and that's my, and that's, that was like, you know, my point. And that, you know, you, you really, once you, you don't, you can't know the person behind the wall. Mm. You can just, you can kind of decide whether or not they're safe or not safe enough to let in, but you don't know them. They're still this alien thing. And when you build walls and make people aliens, then they're they're even it's even worse, right? It's even worse. It's it, it's um. I wanted to make a statement when you were talking about people, you know, saying Trump, you know, Trump's a racist, right? I had a, a conversation when he was first running, um, and I was talking to a friend, and um, I, and I was uh, telling him that, um, you know, they were talking about people saying Trump was racist or blah, 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 blah. And they were, you know, didn't appreciate the comments, right? Because so many actions said that he wasn't, right? In terms of, and that's, you know, in terms of like people talk about what he's done for black community and blah, 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 right? In terms of legislation or what's happened underneath his presidency. presidency. 
right? And um, my comment to to my friend was, yeah, he's not. I, I was like, I'm I'm not gonna call him a racist, but I will say he's not afraid to use use racist people who are like whatever to further his for his for his own political gain. Right. And that was my my reply to his friend, to mm. my friend, right? And you and you can't say it. he's not. Like he he yep. that's why that's why he got asked in the debate to condemn white supremacism, white supremacy. And why, you know, people said he faded the question or blah, 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 blah. Right? Because, you know, a portion of his political base is white supremacist or racist or what they call the alt-right or blah, blah, blah. It is. And we, as all, every American knows that, right? Every American knows that. And so to deny that to me is falsehood, right? But here's the big, and there's a big but, what other people see in Joe Biden is they see him making comments that say that he doesn't necessarily respect black people as a people, i.e. ergo racist. Right, and they pull up old statements that he made in the past to say that even though he was the vice president of 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 a a, a black man, right, the first black president, right, um, and guess what? You can read it, and he said it, and so undeniable, <laughs> right, it's undeniable, and so then you see people put up things or precluding all this or during all this. You see people put up things like, um, I don't know if you've ever seen this, Jesse. Um, you know, uh, people who have decided to vote for Trump, yeah, it's like you might not support racism, but you've decided racism isn't a deal breaker. Yeah, I have seen that. You have seen that? I, I probably fucked it up, but it's something, it's something yeah, like that. Yeah, I know what you mean. Right? It's, it's essentially that. Yeah. And, and so my whole point when we start to talk about it is almost no one, in this entire country has taken the stand that racism is a deal breaker. And so um, it's, I don't want to, it's hypocritical (laughs) to make, you know, that statement or to try to push that belief when you can see one that Joe Biden has done in his past and or so in his present has done slash made statements that, you know, say that he may have some, you know, um, negative connotations about people of a different race than himself, right? Or may have a lack of respect in general for people of a different race than himself, right? And so, the 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 argument i'm gonna try to give i'm I'm gonna try to give both perspectives right so i think i think one side doesn't want to admit that it's true right and now at this point you know can't deny it right it's like in the least donald trump has a strong portion of his base that is outwardly racist and acts and has racist behaviors right and then but you can't call that you can't judge the group for who support him for being racist or as being racist, all of them as being racist, 
when the person on the other side has also done similar things or said things that could lead you to believe. Even if, even if you feel like there's less evidence or whatever, or blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You can't necessarily do that. And I'm, what I'm, I'm going to tell you the truth, guys. What I'm trying to do here is I'm trying to get you to understand your fellow Americans' point of view, right? And then ask your own self, to be honest with yourself, right, what you're thinking and what's driving your words and actions so that you are trying to build a wall between you and them, right? And, and the truth of the matter is very few from one side or the other, very few people act in life as though racism is a deal breaker. What they will do is if you see somebody commit a crime based on race or something like that, you will cut that person off from your life. Does that, and hopefully guys, I'm, I'm making sense, right? And, and it's, it's the behavior that you really necessarily are divorcing yourself from. And I think that's the problem. That's the problem with people who are Democrats because they don't want to see people justify bad behavior by police. Right. And a problem with people who are Republicans in terms of how they see it is they don't want to say that the bad behavior by police is anyway predicated upon race or even that they would necessarily call it bad behavior yeah and so that's that's a that's a uh area for division and then like you said the last portion of it is is because i think that there are so real very few real differences between democrats and republicans making the race one the biggest one right allows people to push a vote and it it allows it allows people to create separation pro-choice versus pro-life right i think that creates separation but not in the same i think that there are plenty of people on both i think there are people on both sides who might be pro-life that makes any kind of sense Right, I think there are people on both sides that are pro-choice. The vast majority of them are on one side. Blah 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 blah. Right. Yeah. But those two things you can have a civil conversation with somebody about the the and it's so it's not it's not divisive enough to push an election, whereas the race question is divisive enough to push to push an election. But then, like I said, I'm going to tell you that I just objectively look at people on both sides and most most people don't consider racism a deal breaker if you look at their actions divorced from their words most people don't consider racism a deal breaker otherwise no one out there would work for a boss who they thought was racist no one out there would allow their family member that that they know makes racist comments to ever make them around them without them frying their ass for lack of a better word Right. And, and, and so it's, it's just, here's the last, here's the sad part. This is what I'm going to tell you. None of you or none of us are as good as we think we are or pretend to be when it comes to morals or anything like that. So, so let's stop playing pretend. 
and 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 let's and let's get get real about the case. Let's talk about problems for real. Let's do it. But then let's not let's not be hypocritical in execution. Let's not cast stones. Let's let's you know let's let's promote a better behavior without you know trying to 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 destroy the person on the other end of the table because they are so different from us. And that's just and that's I don't know. I I'm sorry. I kind of rambled. I rambled there. Yeah. I rambled. I went on. Jared, if I could add to that, and I know we go, we should probably wrap up because we both have tight tight time frames right after this. You know, a way to consider it too is if we get in the habit of judging one another from our worst days and our lowest moments, we're fucked because yeah. each of us have had some horrible days and some pretty poor choice moments that if people start to make their belief system up about us in those moments, friends probably wouldn't be, want to be friends with us. Families would probably want to disown us. And it's, and that's a convenience that we have, right? It's in a, yes. in a sense that we all have that choice. Do we choose to judge one another by our worst moments or do we choose to judge one another about what we chose to do about those moments? Yes. Do we want to choose to judge one another about what we've done in the past or do we want to choose to believe in what we're capable of becoming? Yeah. I, I think with just, you know, you touched on the pro-life, pro-choice, even look at the language of that. Pro-life is basically saying I'm for life. And so if you're not for life, you must be for not life or murder. And I'm very much pro-choice. I know some women who have, have gone through that process. And these are some of the most compassionate, loving, caring human beings you can imagine that are probably the biggest advocates for humanity, human rights, everything else. And they made a choice for a variety of reasons that was... I think for them, it was a really good choice and I love them and support them. And I'd love them to support them even more that they had the courage to make that choice because it's not an easy choice to make. So I, I, I would even, you know, if I was ever to dip my toes into that argument, I would change the phraseology from pro-life to something else because I think that invites in of itself an emotional trigger, an emotional response that I don't think <laughs> is fair to place it on a label of most of, most of civilization. Just, it's designed to. It, it's absolutely. It's, it's, it's absolutely, like I said, that's, that's why if everybody wants to know, why do I have a problem with statements like defund the police, right? It's because yeah. people sit in rooms and they figure out what's the best way to get this message across. And pro-life was smart. Yeah. Pro-choice, smart. Both of them are, are, are very good slogans because I want people that it's America, freedom should be able to choose pro-life. Can't disagree with that. Yeah. It's, it's arguable, right? And so people, people, people do that. Even Black Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter, to a certain extent, all this were smart uh, iterations on you know slogans, right? In terms of all that kind of stuff. Um, it's it's yeah. something it's something too, Jared. Like I, I'll tell you all, I have enjoyed this time with jared the last several months we've been doing this so much and it's something i look forward to every week when we're gonna get together and talk and i was sharing with them before we jumped on here how much i feel like i have grown as a person and i had considered myself considerate in my communication but having this space with jared and having to force myself to dive into topics and conversations that i would normally feel uncomfortable and not safe 
has allowed me to be a lot more, I think, compassionate and understanding and hold space in communications I would have never before. And it truly is one of my, <clears throat> one of my favorite group of hours in my entire week is this time I get to spend with Jared before the time when we just did hang out and kind of BS, but talk about everything else and during. And I would never have been able to experience that if I just made the judgment of Jared based off of his hero worship of Larry Bird. And I want to, I'm bringing that up as a light note at the end because it's a recurring joke that we have, but to the point of it is that judgment would have robbed me of all of the growth, the community, the camaraderie, the friendship, everything that has been able to be formed and my ability to learn about Jared and understand him as a human being, where he's come from, his belief systems, if I would have just stopped there at a surface level judgment. And it's an invitation for all of us to look at and maybe examine what surface level judgments are we making. And it's not so much about being right, but it's about trying to learn. It's about trying to learn and to learn to accept and may, may not have to agree with it, but accept why he, why he believes, you know, Larry Bird's the greatest basketball player ever and just love him more because he believes in that so strongly and recognize what are the values and everything that goes into that belief system, right? Um, and that's the invitation we all have because if we are, it goes back to Jared said it so perfectly, if we are cutting off the opportunity and the possibility to learn and have discussions with other people and try to understand why they believe what they believe, why they really believe. Because if we really dug deep, we will see that so much of their origins of their belief systems are similar to ours. And that's where this whole thing is. We are so much more like than we are different, but we will never ever get there if we are building walls, like Jared said, and if we are starting from the ground and we're just stacking more bricks on top of them and then keeping one another out and now standing guard on the gate because they have a different kind of apples than we do. And we don't like them. And so we just, we just dismiss them on site and throw them in the moat, which is a dangerous, dangerous conundrum that we do when we are existing on these very surface, superficial level labels of one another. And we're not actually trying to understand the behavior. And, and it's, it's uncomfortable at times. It really is because we have to reconcile with our own emotional response and the conveniences we afford to ourselves of labeling someone else's and not being like us. And then we have to look at how well we may not be racist, but we will certainly discriminate and be prejudiced against or hold bias and judgment against another human being. And so while those words may not be as emotionally charged as racism, if we start to look at the mechanisms of it, we can see some of the behaviors of it, the attributes of it have some similarities in it. And we have to ask ourselves, how are we really gonna to grow together when we are building walls between and amongst one another. Uh, I would, I would say, first I want to say this, I don't hear a worship Larry Bird. I just, <laughs> I just I Jordan. That's the first thing. I was, clarification. I don't, I don't hear a worship Mike, uh, Larry Bird. I prefer Michael Jordan and don't like Michael Jordan. That's more so I don't like Michael Jordan, but I prefer, I prefer Larry Bird to, but okay but anyway beyond that <laughs> beyond that I, I i'd say another i would say be right fight to be right but you can't be right 
you can't be right unless you know the other person, their mm. whys and their reasons and everything else, right? So, so, so be right about your understanding of the other side, right? Like, because most likely your understanding of that person standing outside the gate is wrong. And so be right about that. And the beautiful thing about the world that we live in today so I don't have to let you inside of my gate. Most people are having arguments with people across, not in their community, they're having arguments online. You know, they are your neighbor, but they're not an imminent threat standing in front of you with a bow and arrow or a gun. So you can take the time to know them and understand where they're coming from. Right, and, then, and sometimes you're going to be proven right that that person is dangerous and blah 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 blah. blah. Most times you're going to find that you know there's somebody that you can see, you can get along with, that you can coexist with, that 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 is, you know, and um, and you have to be smart about that. You have to be smart because a lot of times, so personal thing so luckily i got a text message and so i don't have to be anywhere like in 10 minutes which is what i thought i had to be somewhere that's why we went over you're wondering jesse why i haven't gotten off <laughs> so, and i apologize guys sometimes i do look at my phone while we're going i'm either taking a note from something jesse is saying or looking up something i want to talk about like last week i looked up like the reign of king so i could talk about that um how we didn't switch rulers before or give rulers time limits um but yeah, you know, I got a work. So sometimes I have to answer a text message or something like that. I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> just going to be honest. Um, and, um, but uh, it's, it's, I, when I was, I told you guys I was in a bad place like a couple weeks ago, like last month, like for a week or two weeks, I was in a bad place. And I was talking to people, you know, on the other side of the fence or on the other side of the wall, so to speak, or whatever. I try not to build too many walls. So I, you know, but, but I was talking to people and I allowed the conversation to, they, they were obviously looking to debate anyway. Right. But I allowed the conversation to dig deeper into a bait, debate and get emotional. And then I put them in a place where they either had to say that they saw black people in a certain way or say that they didn't see black people in a certain way in the course of the conversation. Now, I think had I approached it differently and not created or raised the level of animosity throughout the conversation before I asked the question, they would have rethought it and thought of it and said something different. But because they had, in the course of the conversation, dug themselves into a hole, so to speak, they just doubled down on the statement. And so I was upset because when I asked these people, so my son should be looked at as more dangerous than someone else's son because of the color of his skin. They said, yes. They said, yes. Right? And so at that point, okay, wall. Like I told you that, like a few weeks ago, wall, wall, yep. wall, guns drawn. I'm looking over the wall like this. <laughs> right? But calmer Jared, right? Don't get me wrong. Does that mean that I'm, I don't, where is that? Oh, somewhere in here. But anyway, does that mean that I'm, I'm, I'm not in a position to, to, 
to try and defend myself. Uh, no, but um, oh no, it's upstairs. Okay, I remember. But <laughs> sorry, no, I'll show you guys one day what I was looking for. But anyway, does that mean I'm not in a position to defend myself? No, but it it does mean that I um. I can approach a conversation in such a way where instead of trying to confirm a bias or force someone to disprove a statement, right? Because that's the way I approached it. So is that, am I making any kind of sense? Mm -hmm. Like, because, because I allowed the conversation to get, first, they, they came off relatively uh, aggressive in the first place, right? But because I matched it with, you know, some kind of aggression in the opposite direction, right? Or, you know, maybe condescending. I can do that sometime, right? <laughs> so maybe condescending. <laughs> it's kind of fun to be too. <laughs> so maybe, maybe I came off in, in that way. And then, you know, like put them in a place where it's like, if you're gonna say this thing that's gonna make me say enemy, are you going to say this thing to make, me, to make me say friend, right? And a lot of times if you put people into, if you back people into a corner, right? And, you know, and you ask them, you know, or you say to them, okay, you know, they're pissed off. You're both heated, right? You're both going through it. And then you put them in a place where you ask them to say something that you know is probably outside of your, outside of themselves. Like if you know this person in, in another, like, you know what I mean? Like they wouldn't, if they were calm, they wouldn't have said this, right? And then you ask them a question in this elevated state of contempt, anger, whatever, you know, arguing mode, they're in a mode to argue and you ask them that question they're going to a lot of times double down on the argument. It's very hard to say to someone who's hyped up and angry and pissed off, right? It's very hard to, to, to make them confront that they may have been wrong. Because they're not gonna, because their feelings and emotions at this point are already justified. And so you can't go back to the original premise and say, well, were you wrong about the original premise after you've already elevated them to the point of being fucking irate. You know, and, and we know that from dealing with frost bosses. We know that if, if we want if we want the fucking, you know, like or 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 the trump card, the trump card in dealing with your spouses, you have a big argument and, and women do it all the time, right? And sometimes guys do it, but do you love me though? Right? And and at the peak of being absolutely fucking pissed off, do you love me? Right? And and the answer, the honest answer is at the moment, no. Right. Or like, you know what I mean? Or like whatever. But it, 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 it's trying to, you're trying to shock the person into say, is this worth it? Like to go through this drama to, to, to figure out if we can, if we can make it right. To figure out if it's something worth it to, to work out. Right. And sometimes the person can't answer you and you take that as an answer. Right. Sometimes they say, yes, I love you. And they fucking calm down. Right. And, and you guys, you know, manage it. Right. And, and, and sometimes they give you the like right now, fuck no. Right. Sometimes they say, I don't know. Right. I don't know is a good answer a lot of times. Right. Uh, or like the, I think probably the most 
common answer in the most heated discussions. Do you still love me? I don't know. Right. And, um, you know, if, if we approach every conversation with people online or whatever, with the design to get an honest answer out of them from an emotionally hot place, right? And we assumed that that was like, that was honest because we're so honest when we're angry. Yeah. We're so, we're so truthful when we're mad. That's a re- that's the real you. And, 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 and the, and the truth of the matter is no, it's only, it's a small piece of who you are. Right. But it's, it's most of the time it's definitely not who you seek to be, who you seek to grow into, right. What you want to see from the world or your children or your loved ones. Right. It's none of those things, but we take it when we get that answer. That was a real them. I knew it. I'm done. Finished. That Democrat, I can't fucking talk to any Democrats. I fuck, all Republicans are racist, right? You know, all Trump supporters are bigots. All, all Biden supporters are hypocrites. All people over there, they're all communists and socialists. They're all mean, selfish, whatever. Because you, you went into the conversation with stab, stab, stab. Even if then you try to reconcile, it was, I'm going to confirm my biases because I'm going to get the truth out of you when you're pissed off and you're angry, right? And you're irrational. And I, and I think that's a, that's a huge, huge mistake. You know, I think we're all in that. I think the biggest problem is so many Americans are, are operating from an angry place and therefore, most of the fucking things that we're saying and doing with each other is coming is, is coming from the rational place. It's coming from a not the human that we want to be, but the bad parts of the human that we are. <laughs> and then we want to judge the other person for being worse. <laughs> that scared place of a desire for safety. And yes. To be right. You know, it's, it's, and I think it's, yeah, it's, it's coming from that part of it, of us being, you know, we're all wounded children running around and we're all wounded children running around trying to be safe. And we're all wounded Ooh. children running around trying to be safe and desperately looking for ways that we can be right. Because part of the reason our wounds came about when we were young is because we felt wrong for many of us. And so we're trying to find an anecdote to treat that constantly now. Jared, I have to jump off though and do this next yeah. one I, I didn't get a text so i have to i have to wrap it up man but yeah well, this has been awesome I'm sorry. Time apologize. oh hey. no never apologize man like i i could just sit here and talk really i think with you all day like it's this is i mean it this is some of the most meaningful time of my week appreciate it man i you said it to me last week i appreciate you Suppose you know that <laughs> okay, <man. laughs> oh, my God. we'll see you all next week see you guys next week